Today's episode is brought to you by UKG Workforce Management. With their HR and workforce management solutions, UKG gives you the tools you need to make all of your people feel like they belong. UKG, our purpose is people. Now enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to USA Today's Women of the Year, the podcast. I'm Connie Schultz, a columnist at USA Today. Women of the Year celebrates outstanding women across the country. These women have walked many different roads to reach the height of their careers, and they are reaching back to pull others along with them. They are a remarkable group of champions for change. Today, we meet Janet Merguia. Janet Merguia is president and CEO of Unidos U.S., the largest national Hispanic civil rights and advocacy organization in the United States. She leads a network of 300 community-based organizations, and her list of causes is long. Immigration reform, education, employment, economic prosperity, civil rights, and health care for Latino people. She is doing all of this at age 61, which sure inspires 64-year-old me. At an age when too many women feel invisible, Janet Merguia is center stage. Her proudest moments, she says, have come in service to her country. I was fortunate uh, to work in the West Wing of the White House for President Bill Clinton. Very honored to serve for President Clinton. And I was a deputy director of the Legislative Affairs Office, had to work with Congress. But on one of the occasions, while I worked for President Clinton during the six years, I had an opportunity to have my parents come to the White House and meet President Clinton in the Oval Office. And um, you know, I'll never forget it. Uh, these two hardworking, simple people who sacrifice so much for their family, for their country, you know, were able to come and visit me as I worked in the West Wing of the White House. And I'll never forget, as we were just outside the Oval Office, um, my mom had tears coming down her face. And in Spanish, you could hear her whisper, ¿Cómo llegamos hasta aquí? How did we get here? She was so nervous, excited. And then just as we were at the door of the Oval Office, my dad made a beeline for President Clinton and stuck his hand out and shook it. And he said, Mr. President, thank you for giving my daughter this opportunity. And President Clinton put his hand on my dad's shoulder, my mom's shoulder, and he said, you know what, Mr. Merguia? I hired your daughter, and she walked you in here. But you're the ones who got her here. And uh, to me, you know, I don't know, maybe the American dream is still a challenge for so many people, but to have my parents experience that moment and to be in the Oval Office with the President of the United States and for him to acknowledge their sacrifice, their hard work, it's an unforgettable moment for me and I know for my parents it was quite a special experience and, and humbling for them. Well, I'm sure I'm not the only mother or the only daughter who was fighting tears as I listened to Janet describe that moment with her parents. 
She is a powerful woman in this country, but she is also her parents' grateful daughter who draws such strength from their mighty roots. In this era of rampant misinformation, Janet is a warrior for truth. This often involves challenging narratives that attempt to diminish or ignore the rich history of entire communities of people in our diverse nation. Well, the gatekeepers are a challenge. There's no question about it. But we're also seeing the related challenge of many now emerging who are trying to divide our communities. And I think that's also a bigger threat today. Uh, Yes, of course, access to opportunity, access to various um, programs and um, access to institutions in different sectors has always been part of a focus for us. But while we're focusing on that, the added uh, challenge of seeing people intentionally trying to divide not just us within our community, but across other communities has been a growing challenge that we've seen media play an increasing role in and how people are using social media platforms uh, to share misinformation and disinformation. And so we've committed at Unidos US to really take that on uh, to support uh, a whole effort around narrative change and really making sure that not only our own community understands the rich history and story of our contributions to this country and to the world, but also to make sure that others understand those contributions and the challenges that also are there, barriers in systems that exist for everyone who seems to have a shade of color uh, in their DNA. And so for us, this is a, a, a bigger challenge today, but we're very focused and believe that we can seize the moment in a collective with our brothers and sisters in the African-American community, the Native American community, Asian Pacific American community, to really reset how uh, people see uh, those communities that are often uh, denied access or have faced barriers because of the color of their skin or their culture. For the strength to bring necessary change, look to the women, Janet says. Women have played an increasingly strong and unique role in the change we're seeing across social movements today. I've seen and witnessed the emergence of women leaders at the local level, at the community-based level. More and more we're transitioning from what has been a male-dominant nonprofit sector uh, to more women. And I think the fact that women bring the experiences of having to engage in a multidimensional way as they run their lives uh, brings a lot of strength areas to leaders who are now running businesses, nonprofits, uh, running in different uh, 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 foundations. And I believe that those women, and we're seeing right now, in particular among Latina women, that's the fastest growing cohort of, of small business entrepreneurs. So we're seeing women emerge in leadership roles. And I think because they have a high degree of 
uh, again, experience in multitasking and their work lives being multidimensional, that they're bringing that strength into the roles that they're taking on today. Her advice for the next generation of leaders is about where we set our gaze. There was a time when I sure could have used her wise words. In the early days of my journalism career, I was too focused on the next deadline, the next message from an editor. And this was while I was trying to juggle the demands of my growing family. I was so caught up in the daily mess of life that I didn't allow myself to imagine a world bigger than the one I was currently inhabiting. Janet's advice is so important because she gives women permission to take their ambitions seriously. Dream bigger than your next goal. And there's this, set your sights beyond the landscape in your immediate vision. Follow your passion. Of course, you need to make sure that whatever you pursue is something that not just interests you, but drives you, that hopefully gives you purpose beyond a particular single dimensional goal. I think it's important for it to, to fill your, your heart and your head with the vision of what you see for yourself, for your community, and for the country. I, I certainly hope that young people today are not just looking at the short-term immediacy of what they want to achieve, but really having a vision, dreaming big dreams. I know it's daunting right now, and we face some very dark times, and there's real challenges, but I believe it's so important to encourage young people to try to move through this darkness and keep their sights set on a bigger dream, a bigger vision for themselves, for our, their community, and for the country. Janet could see beyond the obstacles and envision a bigger life because of the women who lifted her up with their mentoring and their faith in her. Several people paved the way for me, and I've been very fortunate and blessed, whether it's my parents, teachers, coaches, counselors, and I'm a product of the public school system. But I think, you know, sometimes and often overlooked are, you know, women, particularly for me, Latinas, who, who were trailblazers and broke ground in public service. I, I think of someone who's associated as a former and early board member of my organization, then the National Council of La Raza, Graciela Olivares, who started uh, in, in journalism in Phoenix, Arizona in the late 60s, early 70s, had no college education, was a high school dropout, but became a strong sort of businesswoman in journalism and ran a radio station. She caught the attention of Father Theodore uh, Hesburgh, then the president of Notre Dame University, and they were involved in anti-poverty programs. She used her platform for good. He offered her entrance into the law school, even though she didn't have all the credentials. She graduated from Notre Dame Law School, was the first Latina and the first woman to graduate from Notre Dame Law School. And to me, the fact that she went on to contribute in public service President Carter appointed her to head what was then an agency at the national level called the Community Services Agency. 
And it was responsible responding to many needs of, of the communities across the country. She was the highest ranking Latina in the Carter administration and set the bar for other Latinas and Latinos to believe that they could be public servants and serve in government and fulfill a lot of important responsibilities. So I think about Graciela Olivares, who then went on to serve as a member of the board of directors back in the 70s for the National Council of Raza, which is today Unidos U.S., and the fact that she instigated while there on the board a, a, a vote that was taken by the board that the board would be 50% male and 50% female. The obvious role model for me as I was growing up was my mother, Amalia Murguia. She came to this country from Mexico and you know, struggled with the language. She and my dad settled in of all places in Kansas. My dad worked in a steel plant in Kansas City, Kansas, even though a lot of the other men, Mexican-Americans at the time, were working the railroads or the stockyards. But they settled in Kansas, which wasn't at the time highly populated with a lot of other uh, uh, communities in terms of the uh, uh, Hispanic communities. But, you know, she she made her way uh, in that community, worked closely with other neighbors to respond and help other families. She helped raise, uh, with my dad, seven of us kids. We didn't have a lot of money. My dad worked really hard and tried to take on overtime. She babysat and took on some of those roles to bring income into the family. But there were nine of us in a tiny house in Kansas City, Kansas, one bathroom. And uh, we were, there together and found a lot of strength in the values that she and my father instilled in us. But Amalia Murguia sacrificed a lot. She worked so hard and provided for her family, looked out for the neighborhood children, and instilled in us a strong sense of family, community, and faith. And above all else, despite the fact that she and my father did not have an education themselves. My mom had a fifth grade education, my dad a seventh grade education. They instilled in us the importance of education. And so they were able to witness six of the seven of their children receive post-secondary education degrees. My oldest sister, Martha, had special needs. So she wasn't able to go on to college, but I think it spoke to their own belief in the promise of this country that they could raise their children to have education and to achieve opportunities that perhaps they didn't have themselves. And I know today there's some question about whether the American dream can still be within reach for everyone. And it's a legitimate question, but their belief in El Sueño Americano was real and they worked so hard to try to make it a reality for their children. Time and again, Janet returns to the theme of family and how her parents' belief in her made it possible to see a bigger future for herself. Not every family has this, she acknowledges, which is why we should step up whenever we can to help others discover their own potential. I don't talk about it a lot, but um, 
you know, my faith is very important to me. It was important to my family growing up. And, you know, having faith and family, I think, is what sustains me. Um, what also sustains me is the belief in in people and in the fact that if given a chance, everyone can have an opportunity to succeed. And I saw that in my family. I know uh, it's not true for every family, but I do believe that if we're at least given a level playing field, if we're given a chance at, at having some success, that we can deliver on that. I, I just fundamentally believe in the human spirit. I'm a champion of the human spirit and believe that we have to let everybody achieve their potential. And if we do, we'll do wonders. Uh, so I keep wanting to unlock uh, the potential for everyone. And I believe that that is at the heart of the mission of Unidos US. And so I feel blessed, fortunate to be at the helm of an organization that seeks to open the door to opportunity and to help give everyone a chance to succeed. That's what I believe. This episode was produced by the ever-patient James Brown, and there's more where this came from. You can watch USA Today's video interview with Janet Murguia, see our photo gallery, and read my colleague Suzette Hackney's story about Janet at womenoftheyear.usatoday.com. And you can also see our entire list of national honorees there, which includes one woman for every state in America. Please tell your friends about the podcast. We want more people to hear these personal stories from women who wouldn't quit, no matter the challenges. Please write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people to find the show. I would love to hear from you. Tweet me at Connie Schultz and at USA Today, or email us at podcast at usatoday.com. In our season finale, we interview Melinda French Gates. I really believe that as individuals, we have a lot to give others. Sometimes it's our time, sometimes it's our energy and our you know, wisdom or our thoughts, and sometimes it's money and sometimes it's all three. On the next Women of the Year, the podcast. Thanks for listening. No matter who they are or what job they do, you want to give your employees all the support they need and UKG with their HR and workforce management solutions can give you all the tools you'll need to help you make your people, all of your people, feel like they belong. UKG, our purpose is people.